Cody, I gotta call you out a little bit because on Andrew Martinez's podcast that we were on last week, I wasn't using my sure microphone and I didn't realize it until the episode came out literally yesterday. And I was using my computer audio. I sounded super trebly and you sounded super good. So um, well, I just thought as a I, homie, you would have said something. I didn't realize until you told me right now. So that's how that is. Did you listen to the episode? Nope. Have not. Disappointed. <laughs> Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, normally, normally you sit here, everybody sits here for like 10, 15 minutes while we, Cody and I just talk about random crap, but, um, we're only wasting each other's time when we do that. But well, yeah. I guess the people who are listening <laughs> sorry, but we're, we're wasting a guest's time today. So, yes. cause it's so, a special episode. Yeah. First time we've ever had a guest on the podcast and we haven't wanted to have guests on the podcast before because we actually thought it was lazy because that's what everybody else does is just have guests on and interview them. Um, but uh, we've actually got Skyler on uh, the call, who is a um, um, also a marketing agency owner and owns and admins the Google SEO Mastermind Group on Facebook with about 120,000 members in it. Uh, we just tried recording this a little bit ago, but your computer internet was just awful. Uh, so now we've got Skyler calling in, and it just sounds so crisp. It's um, good. So I also learned that your last name is Mew, like the Pokemon. <laughs> Which I think is the coolest that thing is. ever. But no one's going to hear the joke that I made in the last recording, which was, uh, I uh, well, they will now because I'm going to say it. But if if you ever met somebody else, the last name of Mew, and they were like, yeah, I'm a Mew too, that would be sweet. I would love to be there. I appreciate that you appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so well, let's, let's give Skylar just... Give us, um, tell us who you are and what you do. Because, um, I mean, we can we can give you the intro, but I think it's also beneficial when we just let you say what you want first and how you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah, sure, of course. Um, so, yeah, Skylar, um, I run ServiceLifter, which is a uh, digital marketing agency, full service. Um, we've been in business for about two and a half, three years, going on three years now this October. Um, I also run Google SEO Mastermind, which, to my knowledge, is one of the largest or the largest uh seo platforms on facebook for members um, which has been a blessing to help grow that community um, outside of that um, just a, a stay-at-home hermit trying to make the world a better place one uh, uh search engine page at a time i guess <laughs> <laughs> skylar you actually you and i actually met in your group actually um you were looking for an admin and i was like hey i can help admin because there's a bunch of crap that i see that i'm like this should not be here uh I, we became or i became a mod for you but then you had posted a video about a like an august slash uh september october google algorithm update regarding location pages and duplicate content and at the time i was following this pretty heavily as well so I reached out to you and was like, hey, I need to, I want to know more information because I, I'm going to take this to search engine land. And so you and I hopped on a call and talked more about what you were seeing in your own search console data and, and what was kind of a correlation between the Google spam update and, you know, your all of your clients. But then uh, with Skylar's help, we actually did. We got published in search engine land which is a big win for me, but also a big win for Google SEO Mastermind, as I did link to that group <laughs> in the article. Uh, Much appreciated. <laughs> but you had to you had to go through a little hoop for me because you had to take your video from Google SEO Mastermind, a private group, and then upload it to YouTube. So then I could link it in the article because the editor would not allow the link in there for the video if it was in a private group. So much appreciated uh, in return. But just a little background on mine and Skylar's history. Cody's got tons and tons of questions, though, because, I mean, most most of the reason why people are listening to this episode is either because they're following the podcast or the title of them just jumped out at them and they just can't believe their brains. <laughs> yeah. Exploded. Which I do want to get to. I kind of like to get towards that a little bit further towards the end about like your, your service model, your pricing model and, and the differences between the things that other people are doing. But I think a lot of the time when people are like our audience, you know, we're, we talk about growing an agency, building an agency. So uh, either they're, you know, most likely early on in that process, maybe they aren't even there yet. They're considering jumping ship. Um, mm. But when you're in that, that headspace, I think it's important to uh, keep a, a sense of reality in mind and, mm -hmm. and not compare like, you know, your step one to someone's step 50. And I mean, sure. no doubt you're much further ahead than them. So um, would you mind sharing a little bit about your 
like background and I don't even mean just work background, but like, how did you grow up? What was your life like? Was marketing in your life? Was entrepreneurship in your life? Um, what did it look like uh, growing up when you were a little kid and before you even got into this? If, were there any ideas that this would be something that you would get into later on? Sure, absolutely. So um, I grew up in poverty, uh, more or less, um, you know, owning a house, making more than minimum wage wasn't even a consideration to my family, not my mom, not my grandma. Uh, my dad wasn't around and my stepdad didn't come into the picture until, you know, later. But um, no, marketing was definitely not in the scope of even what I understood was available um, in terms of options out there, right? Um, I, I wanted to be in law enforcement, actually, and I started to pursue a, a little bit of a career in that, which somehow snowballed in, into marketing because I had to stay at home uh, to raise my daughter and a few other things that kind of escalated to that point. But ultimately, uh, no, no, I didn't, I didn't even know this world existed. Um, I had no idea what, you know, affiliate marketing was, what an agency was, what freelancing was, uh, none of that just was not on the horizon for me at all. What got you into it? Um, like I said, I was a uh, stay at home dad at one point in time for my daughter. Um, her mom was, you know, working full shifts, double shifts. And, you know, I said to myself, I said, Hey, you know, I got to figure out some way to make some sort of money for my family. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but I have to, you know, stay at home and watch my daughter because we can't afford daycare. So how am I going to approach this? Um, I had some, you know, background in PHP and HTML from high school. I took a high school class. And um, so I jumped on the internet and I actually started in, in web design and development with, you know, some of those skills I had learned when I was about 19, 18, 19 or 20, very early part of my life. And um, just went from there, you know, landed some, some sort of big clients. Um, I got Uber as a client very early on in search engine optimization, which was a blessing because damn. that was... Like Uber, the car app, <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, like back in 2011 <laughs> when they first came out, like we were doing SEO for them, and and it was it was crazy, right? But so, so they you know, out, that, so they outgrew you, is what you said, is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, they, they went they went in house. They 100 oh, percent went yeah. in house. <laughs> yeah, we were out ranking them for their name and all kinds of stuff, and they weren't happy about that, so they went 100 percent in house. But <laughs> it gave it gave me the tools, right? Because affiliate SEO is so hard. So now I'm in local and I'm like, Hey, this is really easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why we're in local. Like that's, it's so much. Easier. So you skipped the whole, like you didn't go through that guru phase of like the online courses and stuff like that. Like a lot of people are seem to be doing. No, no, I've never actually, um, I tell people all this time, I've never taken a course in my life. I just have, I had like 50 properties when I was first starting SEO and I was just testing things left and right because I just really didn't believe what anybody saw or said because I understood that nobody had a playbook on it anyways. They were just making a best guess. You want to know yeah. a secret is I actually took a Ty Lopez course. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> It was uh, 2017, um, and it was so I had already wanted to start my own agency because Cody and I came from a marketing agency. We used to work at a large one, a twenty million dollar agency oh, cool. together, and uh, I was starting my own. But then, like you know, his SMMA agency course or whatever, and I swear to God, if I hear DFY or SMMA one more time online, I'm gonna lose my shit. But I I started taking it, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna take notes. Like, um, granted, God, it was it's expensive. It was like like four or five grand or something like that. Wow. And don't worry, I didn't pay all of it because you could pay as you go. Okay. And okay. then like and then like I just stopped because halfway through they, they got to SEO, and I was like, I know SEO right. pretty well. They got to SEO, and they were teaching like black and gray hat stuff, like like um like. PBNs and all this stuff, and I'm like, and and also stuff that wasn't working. Like they were talking about like the meta keywords. Um, I'm like, mm -hmm. guys, this is old. This is way old, and it's not even working. Um, and I was just kind of like, all right, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> and but I will, I will say the one thing I did get from the course, uh, which I could have honestly got anywhere if I would have just done any research, was uh, about niching down and and yep. and picking a niche and. Uh, I mean, there's an argument to be said about people who don't pick a niche and then and, and just do it, uh, you know, a shotgun approach. But um, right. we found a lot of success in our in our niche, and I'm glad we did it. And if we were to do it again, I'm sure we would niche down again. So I just have one question for you. Then you don't have a Lamborghini sitting in your driveway that you record videos <laughs> in front of. Uh, no, but I'm installing a bookshelf in my garage. <laughs> my, my man, uh, I'm waiting for the video. <laughs>
So I've been thinking about like if we ever make it big, like I would get a Lamborghini and just stick it in my garage and never drive it. And like anytime someone tries to call me out for not having a successful agency at five hundred dollars an average ticket price, I'm just gonna send them a selfie with me in front of Lamborghini. That's what we did. That's what we did with a C eight Corvette. So I I one hundred percent endorse that. You you do it, my friend. Hell yeah. <laughs> so Skyler, you how long ago you said you started getting into it? How long ago was that now compared to present day so um if my memory serves me accurately which i usually have to ask someone close to me how old i am i believe i'm going to be 35 (laughs) this year (laughs) um so i started around 19 or 20 i believe it was so about 15 or 16 years ago now i I won't say i've been in seo that long probably about 13 or 14 years because it came um about a year or two later after i had you know got my bearings on web design and stuff like that sure so um service lifter how big are you guys now um both people wise and then just general money wise income yeah absolutely so uh service lifter uh we have 12 employees right now uh full time well one of them's part time we have one part time employee the rest are full time and then we have 37 writers um the writers are outsourced and we created that team to kind of uh, provide content at, as a white label service around the, you know, the different industries. But um, in terms of, you know, people we have staffed all the time working 12 um, in terms of revenue last year, we did, um, like I said, we just got the books on it, it was about 1.6 million and uh, we're projected so far. I was looking at our, our accounts today to be at around 2.1 to 2.2 million um, by the end of the year. And you were telling me, yesterday when we were prepping um that uh your clients pay for the their own ad spend is that correct and you just you just build them separately for the management uh that's correct yeah we have them set up the account whether it's being google or facebook add us as an administrator and then we have uh we build them separately um for multiple reasons like we were discussing but the main one is when i got into this i decided i wanted to be an seo and in marketing i didn't really want to deal with the tax situation i really didn't know how to because i had no prior experience so we just have google or facebook or whatever build them directly yeah so then okay so then um when when you give us those numbers as 1.6 and 2.2 like those are your actual gross profit numbers because you don't have a you don't have a cost of goods sold like we do where we actually collect the ad spend up front from the client and then and then pay for it on their behalf um so whereas like your gross your gross revenue is the same number as your gross profit so our audience knows what this what we what we're talking about when we say this because we hammer this on all the time and when when like companies like yeah i have a million dollar uh, e-commerce business and it's like nine hundred ninety thousand dollars in ad spend <laughs> or like oh, or like in cost of goods sold and then it's like they made ten thousand dollars i'm like is it worth it like <laughs> is it worth it to have that much risk and then like just to say you know flop your meat on the table and say here as a million dollar company oh yep nope nope that's uh that's that's uh, a gross profit i think as you called it yep 100 percent. it's awesome nice so um you got quite a bit of time in there like you said nearly 15 years at this point and um was there things along the way before service lifter um and you know what because that's that kind of goes in the face of what um probably a lot of people are judging themselves on right because i remember when i first started getting into this too it was like what i didn't i didn't make a hundred thousand dollars my first year like am i a failure am i a loser right (laughs) because there's a learning curve um so can you talk a little bit about that like what it was like going from there you know, from, from the start to where you're at now and everything that happened in the, in that time in between there. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so like you said, you know, a lot of people judge themselves on where your performance is today, but you know, I try to be transparent in the fact that this is not my first, you know, time freelancing or, or owning an agency. Um, back in 2011, I think it was, I started a company called number one designs, which was just focused on web design to be honest. But the problem I saw with that very quickly is, you know, you build a website and then they would hire somebody else to do SEO because I was only, you know, had my foot like halfway in SEO at that point. And the SEO so, people are the real money makers in the situation. Right, exactly. You get your one-time fee, but you're out there constantly, you know, fishing for, you're not, you're not uh, growing and harvesting your plants. You're fishing every single day. And it became a, a really large headache to try and get new clients. We just, um, had, we just had an episode on this, on, on turning a graphic design service into a productized service. So it's along the same lines, which is like, um, if you do graphic design and like that's what you sell, like, great, now you got to keep fishing. But if you can productize it in a way of like, you know, maybe UX optimization, 
mm-hmm. with with KPIs, mm-hmm. then then yeah, there you go. And it's the it's the same reason like why we build websites, but we didn't want to. We just wanted to do what you do, basically SEO PPC. But then realized we're in an industry where we have to build websites, and yep. and yep. but that's our that's our foot in the door. It's just because we charge four grand for a website doesn't mean that it's our money maker. Oh man, I'm doing it wrong. I'm giving away free websites. I gotta adopt <laughs> your guys' model. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned that a while ago after the spam update. You're like, I need to start charging for these websites. <laughs> no, I think what's nice is we're we're niche down. You know, like we were talking about earlier, we only take on like three or four different types of clients. So busting out a website is like a 24 hour, 48 hour process for us. So that's cool. What is what is uh, I'm stealing Cody's thunder, but what is uh, what is Service Lifter? Uh, what's your guys' niche? Like, what's tell us more about that? What what you guys actually do? Uh, so the niche that we heavily play in is, is carpet cleaning, and the reason for that is because my dad was a uh, carpet cleaner, my stepfather, um, and he owned his small little carpet cleaning business, which came into my life a little later on when I was in my teenage years. Um, but I know a lot about carpet cleaning, so I could empathize with carpet cleaners. I could talk to them about, you know, the PSI, the the water extraction temperatures, things like that. So they felt that, you know, I was a good resource for them. And then slowly we moved into plumbing. Um, and I've done a bunch of ride-alongs with plumbers, so I kind of know that niche too. And now we do some things like roofing, roofing and HVAC. And I won't say I'm an expert on those, but, you know, knowing SEO and carpet cleaning and plumbing, it kind of translates over to other local services for sure. Yeah. At some point, it's just local lead generation. And, yeah, and you can do that. But I'm, I'm glad you brought this. This episode is already starting to kick ass because the last one we did that's going to, that's that, uh, well, I'm speaking in the future, but also in the past. The episode that came out last week, which hasn't come out yet, it'll come out next week. <laughs> next week. Um, that is actually about how to pick your niche. And I always, and we were talking about picking a niche that you're familiar with that you're close to as an option. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one, one of the, our listeners who messaged me on Facebook had picked sleep centers as a niche. And I was like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, but my partner has like a, like a history with them and he knows them very well. I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, and then like Make you, sense. yeah. And you with carpet cleaners, like it wasn't just like, you know, you're like, I'm just going to pick carpet cleaners. Like you actually could speak the lingo and that's part of it. Whereas a lot of these guys, I think out there will, they'll pick ones that think they have money, like real estate agents and lawyers and dentists and things like that. But they have no real connection to those niches. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's why it's so hard for me in this industry is because you have so many people out there who are just trying to sell based on a ticket and don't actually know the service industry. Right. And if you don't know the service industry, how are you going to create good content for it? How are you going to create good uh, you know, conversion rate optimization on page tactics. You just, you won't be able to, you're just, you're just throwing, you know, stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So Skylar, you said that that first design company then, is that what you had focused on? Was that um, like carpet cleaning businesses or were you taking anything at that time? Um, I was taking anything at that time. And it's actually crazy because one of my first clients, I don't know if you guys remember this guy, um, he was called 10 second songs, but he was on YouTube and he would do like uh, 10 second intervals of uh, styles of different songs. So he would do like oh, Eminem in the style of Katy guy. Perry. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony, Anthony Vincent Valbiro. Yeah. He was one of my first clients as, as a web design company. So that was totally, you know, that was kick ass to be able to work with him. But uh, it was just random, random website designs like that. That's awesome. You've, you've, That's cool. Yeah. You've, you've had some pretty cool. I mean, you were like, and you were building websites and like, the website boom, not the dot-com boom, but the actual website boom where people with talent started branding themselves. That's awesome. Pop, popping up out of nowhere, yeah. Yeah. Now nobody has talent. <laughs> but everybody <laughs> wants a website. <laughs> so what, what came after that, uh, after that design company, but before Service Lifter, right? Because there's still probably some more time in there? Or did you do it right up until that point? No, absolutely. So yeah, um, during that time when I was building websites and stuff, um, just under number one designs, that's when I started to kind of transfer over into SEO. And then I got hooked up with a company um, called Promo Affiliates. They're still around today, but they had Uber as a client. And um, the owner came to me and he was like, hey, do you know SEO? And I was like, uh, not really. And he was like, okay, well, I have Uber and they want to do SEO. Can you SEO Uber for us? <laughs> you're like, I know SEO. Like you're like, like, you're like, you're like a Trinity in the matrix where she's like, I can fly a helicopter now. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's exactly what happened. That's what he needed. And I was like, Hey man, I'm going to learn it. So I sat down and 
for hundreds of hours was just glued to my computer, you know, running through YouTube videos, testing websites, doing everything I could to, to try and make this affiliate deal work for, for my boss, essentially. And um, yeah, we ended up, you know, again, Uber, like three, 400,000 activations over the next few years that, that made a good portion of money. Um, following that, I worked at a, a local agency here in Tucson, Arizona for three years, I think it was, or something like that because uber had brought everything in-house essentially they were like hey we're tired of paying out millions to affiliates we're going to bring our seo and our digital marketing in-house which you know made sense but um after that i worked at a, an agency who took on local clients in tucson arizona they had about 60 or 70 local clients here for the city and that's what kind of got me started on local seo to to be completely honest um after after that, I, I started my own little side agency while I was at that agency still, and they fired me for being local competition, and that's how Service Lifter got started. <laughs> oh, so like almost like a like a um, compete clause, like you were you were competing against your own company you were working for. I mean, I wasn't though, but they perceived it that way. So um, they only take on clients in Tucson, Arizona, and we were taking on clients nationally at that point. We had mm. uh, got a few carpet cleaners on the side and, you know, we were we were trying to just generate some money on the side because there were some larger aspirations that I had and my business partner had um, who also came from the same agency. So like you guys, we both got fired from the same agency with three days notice and we had to race to put service lifter together and somehow it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that when you got fired and started service lifter lifter? That was uh, July. I can tell you the exact date because I was just so surprised. I had invested all my eggs into this company and um, I really loved working with them. They're a great company. Actually, I, I have nothing bad to say about them, but that was July 28th of 2020. July 28th, 2020. Oh, okay. So this like, so the service lifter boom is actually like relatively new. We'll be three years in October of this year. Nice. So, um, Skylar, I'm looking at your website and I see you're listed as owner, but then you've got another owner as COO. Is that who you're talking about? Your partner here? Is yeah, that... that's exactly okay. Victoria Leon. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. It sounds like a similar thing to Jake and I in some ways, um, at least structurally. Um, yeah, no, hundred percent. I don't know if you guys got fired from your last job, but <laughs> <laughs> no, Cody worked at a sweet deal though. Cause we were doing, um, we were doing Evergrow on, and he was at his, his agency too. And he started, uh, well, I'll let you explain Cody. It's, it's your life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was, um, I don't even know how to describe this. I, I, I have major respect for, um, the place that I was at. I mean, I can give him a shout out at spin tech. Um, and at the time I was there for about five years, um, before jumping ship and Mark Reifenrath is the CEO. Uh, when I started, it was very small. We all fit in a very small room. When I left, um, they'd gone through two acquisitions by then and they were running out hotels, right. To, to have meetups. Um, wow. but about a year before I ended up jumping ship, um, I, I told, um, my boss and I got up to Mark and I was like, Hey, I, I want to go back to learn Japanese. You know, it's a weird thing. It's something I want to do though. It's kind of important to me. So I, I negotiated so I could take, um, reduced, reduced required hours. So I was still full time, but less, you know, a little less than 40. Um, and so I could go back to school and, and move. So I was remote. And then I just gave him a heads up, you know, I'm like, look, I, I am learning Japanese because I like to do something with this. So sometime within, you know, now, and when I graduate, um, I'll, I'll probably end up jumping ship. And, hmm. uh, in the spring, it was about like a month after I said that. So I, I meant to give them a longer heads up. Um, Jake signed up an insane number of clients for us. And I had the panic of like, oh, what do we do? Right. Do I jump ship so we can so we can make sure that this all goes as well as it can be? Or do I try to balance the two? And I was like, eh. I'll jump ship. So yeah, you, you told me you're like in the spring, you're like, yeah, by the way, by the, by the fall, I'll, I'll be doing this full time. I'm like, Oh, cool. And then I think a week later we had our owner meet up and you're like, so I put in my two weeks. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> hey, I just want to take a second to commend your bravery because that's just a jump that most people won't take. So congratulations on even being, believing in yourself enough to even do that, to be honest. Oh, Thanks, man. Yeah. But I mean, I, I told Jake, though, too, just so he didn't feel the panic. I was like, hey, I, I got a savings. So don't <laughs> don't feel like, you know, um, if this starts to slide that we got to go sign up people to make money. Like, I'll, I'll be OK. 
Um, but no, so you had a plan B. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plan B or, or just like uh, you know, I even when I left, I told them like I could be back. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. I hope this works, but you know, um, I don't hate it here. It's actually been pretty cool. So um, if I come back, you know, don't be surprised. But you know, that was um, what Jake two years ago at this point. So yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah, you, and you yet. still talk to uh, Mark, right? Mark. Oh yeah, no. I, I bug him all the time, yeah. especially because he's done I mean, similar things to to this talk, right? Like, um, because Jake and I, Skylar, you know, we're smaller than you size wise, so we get to mm-hmm. I bug him about things that we just haven't hit yet. Like, hey, um, we're looking at this. How do we how do we feel that right? Like, what's the best way to approach this and and minimize casualties, like collateral damage, right? Because right. um, when you're growing and experiencing those new things that you you've never done before, you're like. Something's going to happen, right? And it's unavoidable, but you just learn along the way. Um, oh, 100%. But, so um, I, I wanted to ask about this because this is kind of like the main focus of what we wanted to talk to you about is your your service and business model kind of flies in the face of a lot of guru preaching, right? Which is yep. you got to have, uh, you know, clients on two to 3K retainers minimum, mm-hmm. Um that's what you have to strive for is getting that size of clients. And that's how you grow your business to be big. And you don't do that, right? I mean, you don't have that high of a minimum ticket requirement. No, absolutely not. We do have some clients, um, plumbers and HVAC clients who are in the four to $5,000 range, but they're definitely not the bread and butter of our services um, in terms of, you know, average tickets. And, and there's a few reasons for that. Um, you know, if, if I lose a, a $5,000 plumber, that's somebody's whole salary for a year. If I lose a, four or five, $600 client, or even seven or $800 client, you know, life goes on and we can, you know, acquisition another client. Not that we want to lose clients, but it just gives us some leeway, leeway to have, you know, both uh, entry points more or less. Well, churn is real. Like it doesn't matter what business you're in, like churn is a real thing and you're going to lose clients. You 100%. Know? And whether that's, we, our number one reason that we, we lose clients, our clients get acquired or sell their business. That's that's literally our number one, and and it happens way more often than you think, especially when you're offering like six hundred dollars services for sure. Especially right now too, with the way the economy is, I can't tell you how many you know of our amazing owners have either sold their business or gone out of business or whatever has happened. But probably you know ten or eleven in the past three or four months. It's been it's been quite a bit. Yeah, and usually for the listener, usually when when your your customer is getting acquired, um, it's not usually a case where you know, the new owner then takes you on as their agency, because if that new, the new acquisition company, if they're big enough to buy your company, they probably have another agency. So, um, that's just the the reality of that. But, um, I interjected there, Skylar, we were talking about more about your business model and and some of your, uh, your, your service offerings and how they're structured. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for carpet cleaners, um, which is our, our main, you know, average, uh, client, so to say, um, we have three different price points and we actually just moved down to three different price points. We only had one price point at one time. And when we first started the company, we were actually taking on carpet cleaners for two ninety nine a month. A lot of people don't know this, but because we didn't have any reviews, we didn't have, um, you know, any social proof. We didn't have any way to substantiate ourselves in that particular niche. We got our first 10 clients at $299 per month. We got our next 10 clients at $499 um, per month. And then we got our next 10 at $899 per month. This sounds eerily so familiar. Kind of... <laughs> <laughs> sounds like things we've talked about, Jake. Right? Yeah, hey, yeah. hey, great minds think alike, right? Great minds well, think alike. <laughs> here's the thing is that like there, there's a right way to do things and there are like a thousand wrong ways to do something. So right. I, I think I think when you have two businesses that are successful in the same industry, which is just marketing agencies, um, you're going to see a lot of uh, similarities between, you know, how we did things correctly and how you did things correctly versus someone else who has $3,000 monthly tickets at their lowest price and is struggling to make six figures. You know, and that's one of the, the major topics that people discuss in my, my inbox. You know, I, they come to me and they say, hey, hey, I can't land the client. And I say, okay, well, how much are you charging? And they're like, well, I'm starting at three nine, you know, $3,999 a month, which I don't feel like is a lot. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't find you on Google. I can't find your business. I can't, I can't find anything about you. What makes you think that you can request, you know, $4,000 a month from a client if I can't even find out anything about you? So See, it's, it's perplexing to me. I, I, I took a screenshot of this because I wanted to put my, my notes for this episode. But it was that the guy, you sent the screenshot to me about that guy who was like, 
he charges 500 bucks an hour for his consulting service, uh, consulting yep. service. I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on his consulting service. And, uh, you, you literally, the first line is, come on, bro, $500 an hour. <laughs> yeah, like, that was just crazy to me. I couldn't find him on Google. I couldn't find any established client portf- uh, portfolio. Like I actually went and did the work to see if he was worth 500 bucks an hour, because if he was, I would have been like, Hey man, I'm super proud. I'm happy for you. I hope that you can get it, but I couldn't find anything thing you know about him and that's not putting down him or his services but if i can't substantiate who you are i just don't know how i'm gonna pay you 500 dollars per hour yeah people out here are charging like gary v when you know they're yeah. like gary dollar general, <laughs> gary dollar general. <laughs> so uh i've written this one down too because you know skylar if you have you know you've got the experience at other agencies too i yep. i feel like you, you probably have a a pulse on this and maybe a way to handle this internally and it's that uh with internal staff when you start lowering your uh your baseline requirement for clients and how much they have to pay you usually that means you are increasing the quantity of accounts per employee right and that comes with a a different kind of mental load than Mm -hmm. the kind of mental load that you give employees uh, for having just a, a couple, like a small handful of very high ticket accounts. Um, and like, in my experience for me, that's been, um, mentally shifting gears faster. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not, you're not stressed because of the, uh, the individual work on a particular account. You're just more so stressed by the quantity of accounts that you're working on. Um, how do you handle that? And how, how do your employees feel about it? How did they, uh, I guess, receive it. And and are there any ways that you kind of help to minimize the stress associated with just the sheer number of accounts? I think that, um, I think that it comes down to to making sure that the the work is balanced for the, the uh, cost of the account, right? If you have a $499 client, you cannot be providing the same amount of services as you do to a $5,000 client. Mm-hmm. There's just no way to to facilitate that more or less, um, you know, $499, $699, whatever is the entry point. And hopefully you've communicated with your clients so that they understand that, hey, I only have this much to give based on what you have to give. And hopefully together we create a great partnership. Um, in terms of, you know, how that kind of spills over into the employee culture is, um, you know, a lot of affirmations, a lot of processes, right? If you can create more processes as the owner of your company for all your employees, so they know exactly what to do and you take away uh, the time they would spend thinking about it, then they have less mental stress, as you called it, because you've already pretty much um, eliminated that for them and are mitigating all the mental stress that comes with it by providing efficient processes, in my opinion, or at least that's how we've dealt with it. We talked about, that. we talked about uh, productizing services and how like our average ticket price is 750 bucks a month, or at least that's our lowest. And mm-hmm. 250 of that is dedicated towards Google ads. That's the, that's the minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be 600 where a hundred of it went to Google ads, but then um, we uh, increased that, but it didn't increase the management. So the management's still 500. And I've had to have discussions with clients who wanted us to basically give them the world in SEO for that package. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, both of our hourly rates, as I saw you posted, are about the same, 125 bucks an hour. And that's not how much we, we don't bill hourly, but we base our productized services off of an internal hourly rate of expected Correct. deliverability time. And what we communicate to our team is hey if someone's on the foundation package which is a 500 dollars management fee we shouldn't be tracking more than four hours a month in that client um in in quickup and uh if we are that's fine but if it's consistent there's a problem and uh either we need to back off or you know see what the deal is um i've had so when when clients approach me and say hey i want you to do like competitor analysis i want you to see what all, like what's linking to them and and create like service pages or blah 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 blah, blah. um i just say uh hey um no 
like we can tackle this <laughs> like we can tackle this over a series of months if you want us yep. to sure but uh we're not gonna do this in one month and then i was pushed right. back and they, you know they asked why and um i just said hey uh what's your hourly rate like what's your what's your labor hour rate and he goes uh it's about 80 90 bucks an hour depending on what it is i'm like okay so if we just round it up to a hundred dollars an hour and that's let's just say that that's our hourly rate how much work do you expect us to do based off of what you're paying us? And then he literally goes, Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> so like I knew like I was gambling for a second there. Cause I'm like, this could go one of two ways. And I was just, I was lucky that it went in that way. But at the same time, like you got to push back and, and set those expectations with clients too. If, if they're paying you that much, yeah, you're not going to be doing everything for them. And they have to realize that. And I think, a lot of these $3,000 a month SEO packages. I just, I don't think a lot of those people know how to deal with uh, limiting what they actually do for the client in a month. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to ask too, is, is how is this received by clients when they know that they're paying $400 uh, a month and uh, how do you manage the expectations and do you have any issues related to that in conveying the value that they're receiving? So what's nice um, is we have the upfront conversation, you know, like, like Jake was uh, discussing. Um, if you go to our website and you look at our packages for carpet cleaning, for example, it says right on the package how much uh, time they're going to get per month. I think it's like between two or four, up to four hours per month or whatever the case may be. So right from there, because all of our payments are processed from the website, hopefully they have a understanding and a realization of how much hours are going to be put into their account on a monthly basis which is dictated by the, the total cost of the productized service. Um, if they don't, and, and some of them don't, I just spend the time really to educate them because that's all it comes down to, right, is putting yourself in their position. They don't run a digital marketing agency. They don't really know what goes into the labor. They don't know the costs. So I try to, you know, give a lot of analogies um, and, and whatnot so that they can, you know, kind of get on the same page that we are and, and understand that we're doing everything that we can, but at the current cost that they're on, it's going to be a effort over time rather than a shotgun and everything done in the next 30 days, which is kind of what I think was being described more or less. Your, your mm. pack, I'm looking at your packages now, which by the way, cool that you post your prices and everything online. Nobody does that, not even us. Um, but also it, it's almost like you and, and us, uh, have the exact same line items in our in our packages except for it like we don't have them tiered um and if our management fee is 500 bucks if we look at your starter um we just yeah we don't do local se we don't do citations or facebook posting but we do include bing ads google or google ads in the yeah, it's basically it's the same i mean i don't know cody if you're looking at it but yeah i mean it like makes sense yeah. like a just a very productized approach yeah um yeah I wanted to ask how you're, as the owner, how at this size now, right? Because it sounds like you've grown very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have the background to do it, right? You you went through the the pains of of learning um, the optimal way to approach this. But, you know, within a matter of three years, if you're saying in, you know, um, three, the, the mark of three and four that you're at around two mil, um, where is your time now spent? Where are you... You know, you wake up in the morning and you do what, right? Like, uh, he drinks so coffee is, and scrolls through Facebook. I've <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's ex- that's exactly correct. My the whole uh, my whole job at this point is acquisition, right? And looking over everybody else's work to make sure it's done correctly and trying to create more processes. Essentially, I'm trying to figure out how to make our people faster, stronger, uh, better built, so that we can continue to take on more clients. They can continue to make more money. Um, I don't even want to make more money anymore. I don't know if you guys have made it to like the 42% tax bracket, but I'm done making money. <laughs> to be completely honest, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah, I I think uh, I'm getting pretty close. I'm like 30 some percent, I think. Yeah. Even, even that's insane, right? Like you have the yeah, IRS yeah. taking half your money. So my whole <laughs> job is spent figuring out how to make my my uh, employees more money, my clients more money, a lot of business consultation, to be honest, because, you know, my stepdad worked in carpet cleaning. So a lot of carpet cleaners will come to me and say, hey, can how can I make my business more profitable? So I spend a lot of time going over that with them as well. So that's that's more or less how my time is spent now. Do you sell that? Do you do you sell like the, the consultative services? 
uh, on the side? I don't. Um, I have a philosophy, which, again, goes against most gurus. Unless I'm doing the work for you, I'm not going to charge you for it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm consulting with a, a French company uh, out of Canada right now. And like, nice. it's just basically auditing and, 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 and doing things, uh, for SEO for them, not doing things, but just kind of auditing their SEO. Um, and I charge that as a consulting service, but it's not 500 bucks an hour. Like our friend on Facebook, <laughs> um, I would assume it'd be a much more reasonable rate that yeah, they can probably afford. <laughs> I do. I do. When it's just me, I do a hundred bucks an hour when it's, and whenever grows involved, we base things off of 125 an hour. But I, keep, I think that's a wonderful consultation, right? Yeah, I, I keep stressing this too. Like, especially when you're dealing with productized services, I keep saying like hourly rates. Like, rem- just reminder, like we're not billing hourly. Like we're building a package that's based on an hourly rate. Right. Um, right. That's more for the audience there. Uh, no, I think there's a I think there's a lot of confusion that goes into that, and I just want to touch base on that. Everybody asks me what our hourly rate is, and yes, on the the internal side of it, like you said, it does break down into an hourly rate. But it's more so based around profitability um, and hours for the account, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Hourly rate, it's 125, but you're still going to be billed for four hours. Like, it does, yep. like if it takes an hour <laughs> or 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> 100%. So, what, uh, I mean, it doesn't sound like you've had many struggles, but I do think it's worth just asking and maybe finding out. Uh, and maybe there there have been growing pains. Maybe that's the struggle is, is growing as quickly as you have. But, you know, with, with you know, uh, the most recent few years of your life um, and with Service Lifter, what struggles have you seen that maybe you didn't expect or, you know, were harder than um, the things that you had experienced in the past? I think that the hardest struggle for me was um, it's an internal struggle that I deal with every day. And it's, you know, the the perfectionist syndrome. When you own an agency and you're involved in it every day, which we were in the beginning, I wanted to be a part of everything, um, which led to a lot of chaos internally with my team because I couldn't let go of the vine, as it's called. And um, so, you know, through iteration, through peer reviews, actually, we have a peer review process and through understanding what, you know, other people felt that I needed to work on in the company, I've kind of overcame those barriers and focused more on helping my team overcome their barriers rather than feeling like I needed to take control of everything. And I know that's kind of a, a, a weird you know, thing to say, but when you come from, you know, freelancing and just being in control of everything and then running your own business in the past, you feel like it's not going to be done the exact way you want it unless you're doing it and you cannot scale a company that way. Mm -hmm. I have no problem letting go of the vine. I think that's a Cody thing. Hey, that's (laughs) next, next question. Next question. (laughs) We dug dug deep. That's true. Uh, (laughs) I I had a, I had a, Cody, does your next question relate to this, the previous one or can I ask one? Oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, I've been, uh, I've, Skyler, I've been getting a lot of people or not a lot, but recent people who have come to me in, in my niche and in, in the landscaping and lawn care niche, um, mm-hmm. have, have a strong detest for, for marketing agencies because they've been screwed over one way or another. Um, mm-hmm. and, and out of a ton of money. And the question I get asked a lot is, uh, why are you guys so much cheaper than everybody else? Mm-hmm. Do you get that a lot? Um, so I'll be honest, uh, we don't get that a lot. Carpet cleaners expect for some reason to pay a very low amount. So they do not ask us that they won't even consider any higher price packages to be completely honest. Mm, That makes sense. Yeah. Well, we've got, so we've got agencies in our niche, like I guess, quote competitors who are, Mm -hmm. you know, who have like a minimum monthly price of like two, $3,000 a month. And that's just like SEO and like basic Google ads management without ad spend. And, mm-hmm. you know, when, when they look at us and they say ours is 750 a month for our basic one, and then they, you know, they can increase the ad spend to whatever they want. They're like, well, either these guys just suck or like, or, or what? switch. Yeah. And so I, I, um, I explained it to them. It was like, well, they don't I know. I want, I know who they're talking about. I know which competitor they're talking about. And I know their I know their numbers <laughs> because we've talked about it. And, uh, I was like, well, I don't think they actually know how to price for services. They're very much into like the whole agency guru thing, like the whole like right. the seven, the, like the seven figure like um, like what, conferences and things like that. And yeah, Cardone ten x your services exactly hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I read that ten x book and it was such a load of crap. I I I got I, when I started Evergrow, I started reading books that all the other landscapers are reading just so I could get in their heads. And ten yep. x. Um, 
popped up a bunch. So I was like, okay, I want to read 10 X. And I remember getting halfway through the book. I'm like, this book sucks. Like it's like, oh, you're not doing enough. Just ten exit. So, um, but I I read it and now I can talk about it and it's it's built that for me. But um, I I I was telling Lauren this, my fiance. I'm like, I this is what I told him. I was like, they just don't know their numbers as well as we do. Like we base it off of labor hours and we know exactly what's what's worth it. And and she's an economist. Like she actually has a, an economics degree. And she's like, well, uh, what I would have said was, um, we. Are we are are lower priced because we have a lower cost of overhead and aren't paying for services or paying for software and um, uh, capital expenses that we don't need, so we don't pass that bill on to you. And gotcha. and that that rings true too because they they've got an office they've they they pay for a bunch of SEO software we don't pay for any SEO software we're 100 percent remote and none of these expenses are even in. Uh, are even a consideration for us. So everything right. that comes in is pretty much pure profit, except for like payroll, our domain, and our emails and our reporting. I think that's a good answer. Um, to be completely honest, I think it, it really resonates with business owners. I can only think of one time that somebody asked me that, and honestly, the answer that I gave them was, "If you're good at something, you should be able to do it quicker than somebody who's not as good at, at it." <laughs> That's a good one too. <laughs> so, in my opinion, in my opinion, in carpet cleaning, because there's not many uh, uh, competitors like you guys, it sounds like you have a lot of other agencies competing in the same space, right? Yeah, we don't. We don't because the average carpet cleaning ticket's only like 175 dollars. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, if, it's not like if, reoccurring like lawn care is. Well, lawn care like every month no. they get a hundred bucks. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. They're always fishing. They're always fishing. Right. So, you know, that's the, the, the one time somebody asked that I told them that I said, look, I can get the same results in two hours that most SEOs can get in 10 hours because of our processes. So that's why my payments are structured the way they are or my prices. That's a good answer too. It, it, it's very rarely do I hear the objection why are you guys so cheap and when I hear it, I'm just kind of like uh 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 <laughs> I'm like I don't know what to say and so like, what do I say why are we why I know, are we I so like, cheap then you start questioning your life decisions <laughs> but then I'm like but we're so profitable <laughs> right exactly if, if you're making profit in net and everything then what's the matter right yeah exactly so I think we talked a lot about advantages but I I'm interested to know and I guess, you know, you haven't been around that long in the big scheme of things, but what does your employee retention look like? I mean, because it, I know there's a balance between if you have everything systematized and processed mm-hmm. out, then of course you can bring somebody relatively new in and they can do it quickly. Right? You don't have to spend a lot of time training them. But, you know, if, if you're, like you said, hoping to pay them more, then most likely um, you're trying to build people too, right, with, with skill sets and and. Um, make them more valuable so that they're worth more um right. do people stick around what do you have you struggled with that um is it something that's at the top of your mind what are your thoughts on it so this is an interesting topic guys and i talk about this a lot um, and a lot of people just don't get it even business owners and other businesses but um so when we created this company i had i was working at the the previous agency like I discussed, and I was making, you know, six figures per year. I was making really good money. I had a sports car. Um, I had a nice condo, whatever. When we got into Service Lifter, I went and traded my my brand new 2020 Camaro LT or uh, whatever it was, ZL1 for a Hyundai Elantra. I went and reduced my, my three-bedroom apartment down to a one-bedroom apartment. I literally cut all my bills down to about one-fourth of what I was paying so that I could pay myself $2,500 per month and still make it. So what the goal was and what a lot of business owners don't think out is, hey, if I want to hire somebody to do this work for me, I have to pay them a decent wage or a salary or whatever it is. I have to keep them around. The job market is super competitive right now. I can't be taking you know, all this money from my company and not giving anything back. So for the first year, me and the other business owner literally lived off $2,500 per month. The first person we hired actually from that agency who was a long-term 22-year friend of mine, we paid them $4,500 a month. So they paid, we paid them almost twice what we, we made. Mm-hmm. And, by, and by hiring them, we got all our time back so we could focus on sales and then begin to scale. Yeah, so right? then you were making 2500 Before, you were making 2500 bucks a month working 50 hours a week. Now you're making 2500 bucks technically only having to work 15, 20 hours a week. Exactly. So technically, so got, on a per hour basis, you made more by hiring somebody. Right. 
Exactly. And a lot of business owners don't understand that. They want to take all their extra profit to their, their pocket. But um, the, the thing that keeps our employees around is, you know, somebody with no experience, we start at 22 to $24 per hour. It's unheard of, right? Like most people want to start everybody at 16, 15, whatever it is. I don't, I don't know anymore, but I know that's what we started at, at the old agency I worked at. So by scaling in the appropriate way and making sure that we started the business out correctly, we're now able to take more money and put it back into our people. And I'm proud to say that no one has ever quit. Um, we have let one person go, but no one has ever quit. Nice. Yeah. I think, well, what are we starting? We started, we have the part-timers at 16 an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, we had a, uh, a full-time person who has actually uh, in 2021 to 2022, um, she was with us for just over a year. And yeah, there were months where she made more than us. And yeah. um, I can't remember where we paid her, like 40000 I think, a year. Um, I think that's close. But uh, yeah, there were definitely months where she had more income than Cody and I had. And we were just like, well, you know, now we can focus on and that's scaling. Some- that's sometimes the way it is. You know, if we hire somebody new and we lose a $5,000 client, I will take money out of my personal paycheck to make sure they get paid. And that's, to me, that's the responsibility of an owner. If you're going to help provide a life for the people around you, then you have to make sure that you have set that up in a way that is, you know, financially feasible. Yeah. Cody talked about this with his, with his fiance too, which was like, she was like, Oh, I love how much freedom you guys have like being business owners. And it's like, what freedom? Like, like technically like if you want to be done with your job you can just walk out that day and never have to look back like we we will ruin people's lives if we just decided not to work anymore right a hundred percent all your clients all their families i don't think people realize like you know even you guys at however many clients you have not only are you affecting those clients but you're affecting those clients families and the the you know the relationships that those families have so the you know stratosphere in which you you offer operate your, the whole you know bigger picture you guys are you're making waves and changes and a lot of people don't really understand that until they're responsible for people right mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah so. cool um i had two more because i know we're, we're we've been talking for a while now but uh I, one i just want to give you the chance to say whatever you wanted um to you know our listeners and something that you think they'd benefit from hearing knowing that you know they're they're going either they're you know not quite most likely not quite as far along as you um Mm -hmm. or they haven't made the jump yet um so anything that you think that would really help them um i think if i had to say one thing to to our listeners it would be that um it's important to to make sure that you're operating within a feasible structure that um, whatever niche or industry you're in finds value in um, a lot of people, when they get into business, they don't understand that there is a uh, perspective of um, how much money a service should be worth or how much a product should be worth. And by understanding how your supply and demand curves more or less intersect, you can find that perfect price. And it's going to be different for every niche. Um, in plumbing, it's much different than carpet cleaning. In SaaS, it's much different than plumbing. So it's important to do the consumer research and to have a business plan set forth before just jumping in. But I do think that it is important to, at some point, go all in. If you never go all in, you're never going to put 100% into what you're doing because the risk and reward ratio isn't high enough. You're always going to have one toe in the water, um, one foot in the door, and you're never actually going to propel yourself into, you know, what I call the obviously uncomfort zone. And that's where growth takes place. Nice. The, the discomfort zone or the uncomfort zone? Discomfort zone. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, same thing, right? Just I, was, oh, I didn't know exist. if you were like coining a new <laughs> phrase or what. And I was like, I want to know. I want to know. Hey, tra- <laughs> trademark it, bro. Trademark it. <laughs> I wanna... It's when you're uncomfortable, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a couple of questions um, that yeah. I wanted to ask. Okay, so what are you... What are you selling? Are you selling rank? Are you selling leads? Or like, what's your value prop? So it's interesting. Um, I was actually talking to somebody about this uh, yesterday. Um, Our value proposition is that we get more leads and generate more revenue today. And we can actually do that if, um, for example, our client has a, a, a past customer list. We will start a remarketing campaign the second they sign up to get more leads in the door, more or less, while we work on acquiring more leads. But we do not sell rank. Um, I'm very transparent. I let our clients know that I don't control Google. I don't control rank. The only thing I guarantee is a faster website 
that's built um, in a more technolo technologically sound way. But at the end of the day, um, we're trying to increase revenue and in, uh, bottom line revenue. Oh, I get it. Yeah, that's pretty much what we do. We track leads and then like form fills phone calls and emails from the website. And then yep. we tell our clients, hey, like if we have our, on our website, we have a, a section. It's my favorite section of all. It's the why you shouldn't work with us section. And <laughs> I love that. And, and there's, it's literally like, you know, it, we expect you to have some kind of technological savviness. And if you don't know how to install email on your phone, like we're not the clients for you or we're not the added agency for you. And then there's another one, which is um, like, hey, we're a month-to-month -month service. We provide leads. We we see the leads on our end, but if you don't communicate to us that the leads are bad for six months, then that's on you. Right. And you know, then you sh and if you're not going to communicate with us at all, then you probably shouldn't work with us. Um, so yeah, leads is our primary focus. And and I so Skylar, I always say this to clients because every time I get on like a sales call and mm -hmm. or, or prospects, I should say, and they say. Um, Hey, I want I want to increase my rank, and I'm I always say why, and they always they say I want more leads. I'm like, well, those two aren't necessarily related, uh, because what if I what if we got you to uh, rank one and for every keyword you were targeting, and then you got zero leads, you get more leads. Yeah, would you be happy with us? And then every, every time they say, well, no, like I want the leads. I'm like, oh, so you don't care about the the rank then? You only care about the leads, and you just think rank is a way to get there, and. And I love I love that you brought that up, man, because so many people don't understand the difference. So it's it's refreshing to know that somebody else is out there talking about leads and trying to get the conversation away from uh, rank. Yeah, and, and rank is such an arbitrary term because it's like for us, it's like uh, you know what do you? They're like ah, I'm ranked for number one for what? <laughs> they're like, well, like landscaping company. I'm like, what if no one's searching that? What if people are searching for landscaping services? Like, yep. what are you ranking for that? Um. And and so that's why it's like we don't focus on rank at all. We, if the leads are down year over year, then we might look at your rank. Is is rank influencing it, or is it a market thing? Um, right. But uh, but yeah. Um, my last question though, I I only had one more that I really wanted to ask you, which was um, Cody and I are going through some really big growth changes right now, um, big, mm -hmm. and where we are about to bring on uh, potentially a franchise with over a hundred locations. And wow. this would not just double our business, but it would triple it. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. It's not, it's not through yet. So uh, I'm not going to hold my it's breath. It's going to go through. It's going to go through, man. I'm, I'm holding my breath for you. Well, I'm going to turn blue not. over here. No, it is. It is. We've spoken the magic word. <laughs> so, um, but not only this, but this franchisee, this franchise owner, um, then just referred us to another, not franchise, but uh, a distributorship for other mm -hmm. companies who sell that product it's basically a franchise so just imagine another franchise we, we got uh promoted to or referred to okay. and it already feels like we're a shoe in for that so it's like okay we're going to experience some huge growth right now um i want to know to to get where to cody and i were are now it, it's been a it's been a fight like we've grown like very heavy year over year um some years we had 100 mm -hmm. percent growth um other years this most recent one we had 20 percent growth um, okay. and um every year it seems like we do something awesome to really change the game for us but this next step is the 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 game changer of game changers for us sure. um you have grown service lifter really quickly over the last three years in comparative in comparison to us because we're already your number four um what have been some of the biggest game changers for you in terms of like acquisition and actually getting revenue in the door honestly um strategic partnerships um we have a little different model in terms of our strategic partnerships and i know that a lot of people disagree with this but this has really helped us grow um for example we have a we'll just call them an affiliate we have a quote-unquote affiliate in the carpet cleaning space who recommends us to all carpet cleaners. This particular carpet cleaner has the largest non-franchised carpet cleaning company in the world. So they're, they're highly revered and looked at for their, you know, for their space more or less. Um, to be completely transparent, uh, we give them 50% or I'm sorry, 15% of whatever monthly lead comes through the door from them on a reoccurring basis. So yearly, they're up to about $52,000 per year just in referrals. And those that referral money will never go away. So they continue to keep referring um, people to us time and time again. Um, we have now created a strategic partnership with a 
person who's an HVAC in the same space doing the same things with a, a very large HVAC company who a lot of other companies look up to. So by creating these strategic partnerships, as I like to call them, um, you're getting your foot in the door into other industries and you're using somebody else's social proof to help boost your own until you have your own social proof and kind of can stand on your own feet, if that makes sense. That is awesome. Because that's what I, that's almost what I feel like getting involved with this franchisee or this franchise was like, I mean, we got one client who had his own landscaping business and then he bought into the franchise, uh, as a franchisee. And then he used to own his own marketing agency as well. So to get him on our side of being like, yeah, I trust these guys these are great. And then he's been such a strong advocate for us up, you know, up the flagpole. And, yep. um, that's what got us involved on and have a meeting with the franchise. And then, you know, after that, we're just associated with them and it's already started to, to get legs. And if I could, if I could give you any advice, man, it's do everything you can to, to keep those strategic partnerships and, and the referrals coming in. Um, for us, you know, a, a lot of it comes down to, to money and paying a monthly referral fee, which I'm totally down for if it keeps unlimited leads coming through the door. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it worked for us. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of leads coming through the door, um, sorry, one more question. <laughs> I want to sure. make sure I squeeze all the juice out of this orange. Um, <laughs> what, uh, when you first started Service Lifter, what was your go-to-market strategy? How did you get clients? Um, because we, we did it based off of just SEO. You type in lawn care marketing company, we're number one. Oh, lawn care marketing agent. Uh, oh, yeah, lawn care marketing company. Yeah, we're number one. Okay, gotcha. Awesome. Um, so for us personally, when I got fired with three days notice, I only had like, I don't know, four or $5,000 in my bank account. My, my partner barely had any money. You know, she has a family to feed, kids, so forth and so on. Um, I started jumping into Facebook groups associated with carpet cleaners and with plumbers. And I went to the search um, bar at the top and I typed in SEO, marketing, web design. And any post that I found where somebody was even remotely talking about something, um, they were asking questions about GMBs, they were saying their GMB got suspended. I was just leaving very long form replies on the posts more or less. And I even did a lot of free pro bono work. I would go and get somebody's GMB reinstated. I would do a free Google ads audit. I would do a free website audit. And over time, and with our strategic partnership with the, with the carpet cleaner I mentioned, um, people started seeing you know me as a relevant resource to the group that they could call upon or use. And then everything just spread like wildfire, to be completely honest. But I was spending probably 10 hours a day doing this in the beginning. Dude, this is stupid. This is like like kindred spirits because this is literally how I, we started getting our first clients. And and even if you if you listen to the previous episodes, like this is how I tell people to get clients. Like go to Facebook groups in your niche and be helpful. And like long form answers. Don't like cook. Don't like or shortcut it and just say like re- contact me or I send you a DM or whatever. It's like seriously, just do the work for free and you become yep. that strategic partner for that group. And and we've we've become a strategic a strategic partner for a group who. Uh, has their own podcast and everything uh, like that. And we even built the rebuilt their website and they promote us. And it's like, I mean, we're a hundred percent on, um, you know, in sync with exactly how we started get our, getting our clients. And it's, it's exactly why I wanted to bring you on here because you're 10 times larger, larger than us. And, uh, you grew and are growing and have productized your services almost identically to how we have. So it's just kind of like more, uh-huh. more proof that, Yes, this is the model that works. I think it's awesome that, you know, we're able to discuss these things because a lot of people won't take our model because, right, it's free work. You deserve to be paid for your time or whatever the case may be. I have a really strong philosophy at my company, and I don't talk about it enough. I should. Um, I tell, you know, our clients and our, our employees all the time, we only get to live our dreams when we help others live their dreams. And so by taking that approach and always making sure I help others live their dreams, it's been very rewarding and not just monetarily spiritually emotionally so forth and so on and it sounds like you guys have taken the same approach more or less yeah i would say i don't think we would say it like that because it sounds kind of girly but yeah i think you're right (laughs) (laughs) that's the zig ziglar right you can get everything you want in life as long as you help enough other people get what they want in life right it's true it's true right as long as it comes i think it has to come from a, a good place when it doesn't come from a good place or it's motivated by greed i think people see through it yeah i agree 100 percent all right, Cody, you had one more question. Sorry, I stole your thunder. Well, yeah, we just got to give him a, a chance to plug himself. So, you know, Skyler, you know, if people 
like listening to you. They want to follow you more. They want to see what you're up to. Um, where can they keep up with you? Um, so I always recommend Google SEO Mastermind on Facebook. You can just type it into the top, um, and it should bring up the the group that you know me and Jake are, are both affiliated with, and um, they can go from there. Um, I would say go to the website, but we're not taking on any more clients right now for probably the next six months. So <laughs> don't don't go there and look. <laughs> uh, and 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 if you see me post in the group, I'm I go under Maddie Jake Hunley, not just Jake Hunley, like on the podcast. So uh, if you ever see a guy in there and you're like, "Who is this guy?" Shut up, it's me. Um, Skyler, uh, you said you um, aren't taking on any more clients. Do you do you do like white label stuff for other agencies? We do do white label uh, stuff for other agencies. We've kind of grown into that. Um, I have some reservations about moving forward with it just because usually we're white labeling for other SEOs or other uh, web designers, which can create points of contention. But we, we do currently do some white labeling, yes. Uh, well, there's, a, there's an episode that I want to have later on about why we don't white label. Um, well, why I don't like white labeling. And I have a philosophy that the more you, especially if you're starting out, if you're starting mm-hmm. out and you're white labeling, you're just working for somebody else. And, 100%. And, uh, you know, you don't want to fall into that trap of not taking your business where you want to take it. 100%. So no, I, think that, I think that's a good point. Um, when we first started out, we also refused to white label. It wasn't even a thought. We had, we had been approached by it, but we always turned it down. And it's simply for the reason that you stated, and I think it's a great point. You know, you want to build your reputation, not somebody else's. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Cody, is that everything you had? That's all I got. All right, man. Well, Skylar, that was awesome. I'm really happy you jumped on this podcast. You uh, on Facebook, you had said somewhere that like, you're like, "This is why I don't do podcasts <laughs> within the SEO community," and I was like, "Well, you better do a podcast for me." <laughs> if if I have a, a kindred spirit with them, like you mentioned earlier, I'm more than happy to jump on a podcast. It's just that you know, I don't, I don't. Um identify with with most seos out there and most people trying to get into agency niches ends up in too many arguments and just you know poor debates so it it was really a blessing that you guys asked me so i i really appreciate it i've never done a podcast or interview or anything in the past because i just i don't get along with most seos if i'm being 100 percent honest i i don't either (laughs) i've talked about this before like i hate this i hate this industry so much Hate it, hate it. I wish they would call me something else, or, or they could make a, a separate uh, identifier, right? Yeah, right. Real OG. <laughs> Real OG. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it was, uh, it was good chatting with you. Um, uh, we'll uh, maybe we'll have you on again sometime. All right, cool, man. It was again, it was a blessing. Um, congratulations with your guys' success. I hope that it continues forward. I hope to hear more about the franchises that you guys are going to 100% get. And uh, uh, here's to your growth, guys. <laughs> Thanks, man. We'll uh, we'll be in touch. Sounds good, guys. All right, bye.